To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers let's go they say he ready Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 41. I got my guys with me, Carlos and Ramon. We're back to get a great episode in, as we always do. What's up, man? What's up? What's going on with y'all? Y'all great? I'm good, man. Just ready to tackle this free agency. It's been a while. Been a lot going on. Ready to get after it. Yeah, man. Uh, We've had an exciting week. A crazy couple of days. Things are still kind of shaking out and all that. So, like you said, man, I'm ready to just talk about free agency, man, because the NBA has been crazy over this last week, man. Yeah, it's been nuts, man. We got Kawhi and Paul George in L.A., but the other team, the stepbrother team, the stepson's team with the Clippers. Then you got Boogie with the Lakers. Man, you got a a lot of things going on. Um, And then there's the Westbrook dynamic that we'll discuss, too, Uh, well, yeah, I want to start. There's so much to go. I guess we can start with just the biggest news that Kawhi pushed his way to the Clippers after so much speculation. It seemed like he had everybody just holding their breath to see when was he going to make his decision. And it came on a late, late, late Friday night of what he was going to do. And it blew up because of the Paul George aspect of it. You know, the clip, you know, the OKC sending all those, I mean, the Clippers sending all their. You know, picks, first, first picks, round picks, first round picks to wow. to OKC to, to obtain Paul George. I mean, no sports outlet I saw or no source I read predicted this at all. No, predicted Paul George being traded for no aspect. If prove me wrong, tweet me, or you know, send me a DM if you can find some information that that speculated on Paul George being traded to clip to the Clippers. It caught everyone off guard, and now the Clippers go from, you know, they made the playoffs last year, but now they are a serious contender. Very much so. Yeah. they scared now. And it's like, you know, you got a team with Beverly, you know, defensive player. You have a team with Paul George, who was in the conversation of being the defensive player of the year. And you got, not to mention, you know, Kawhi Leonard, who did a number all throughout the playoffs. So you got a defensive team, not to mention you got Doc Rivers as the head coach, who's a defensive-minded head coach. So, I mean, you got that team that's going to play good defense. Um, You know, I don't know if they're deep enough to really compete, you know, when it comes to a seven-game series. But I think that they have a deep team. I mean, I'm sorry, they have a a good defensive team that will do well. But, um, again, I like what they did. Yeah. 
I um I actually do feel like they have decent depth. I don't think it is as good as what everybody is cracking it up to be, but I think they have a, a, a enough depth uh, to make it very far. I think this whole situation, as you said, just came out of nowhere. Um, I just so happened to be looking at Twitter during the time when the news broke, and I had, you know, during this free agency time, I always keep, you know, Woj, I keep those notifications going, I keep Shams going, and I just uh, got Chris Carter notifications going because he was the one who kind of had a lot of insight on Kawhi Leonard's situation due to the, the connection with his agent and all that kind of stuff like that. And so I saw the news break that Kawhi signed with the Clippers. And so like when I first saw that break, I was I was kind of shocked by it, honestly, because I was like, out of any of the situations, to me, that seemed like potentially the worst situation. You know, he go to LA, he could have been with LeBron and AD, they form potentially the best big three we've seen. Or he stays in Toronto in a conference that's not as good. He can still kind of get the top of that conference running back. So I saw the Clippers thing break, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then literally like a minute later, a minute or two later, I see the notification from Woj coming through that Paul George has been traded to the Clippers. And it was just crazy in that moment, bro. Like I didn't, it just totally caught me off guard, something that I completely didn't expect. Something like you said that I hadn't seen anybody reporting. So that whole thing is crazy. And I mean, they, they should be a really good team. They should be a very dangerous team, you know, one of the best ones in the league. So Yeah, they, they up there. Uh, when you get two of the best two-way players in the NBA, uh, defense should be, you know, locked down. You got two guys that can guard the perimeter as best as we've seen in the, in the league. But I think that it kind of pointed to Kawhi's thinking because I think that you can, with the decisions that players make, you kind of read into their psyche. So it proved right about Kawhi because I think that if he would have went to the Lakers, I hate to say it, I would have loved to have him. And I think it would have been a for sure championship for us. But at the same time, you got to think of a guy that's a, you know, two-time champ, two-time finals MVP going and joining forces with, you know, Paul George. I mean, not for the LeBron James and AD. Kind of would have, I think it would have kind of diminished his legacy. So I think by him going to the Clippers and telling the Clippers, hey, look, if you can get Paul George, you got me. I think that that's just saying that he wants to paint his own, he want to make his own path. And, you know, and, and in today's time, you know, I think LeBron opened this Pandora's box and what we're going through right now with, with players choosing their destiny. But I think it, it kind of points to his, you know, he want to be his own man. He want to be the leader of the team. And he had that with the Raptors. Yeah. But I guess, you know, him wanting to go home superseded that. I, I kind of see it two ways because I definitely see it like that in a sense of the whole own thing. But also I see it from the sense of he knows that he needs somebody else to win. I think that Kawhi, deep down, of course, you win a championship, you're going to take credit for winning that championship. You're not going to look at it like KD being out, all this kind of stuff. But I think he had a self-realization that I need to do this with somebody else. Because if you really hear the reports, even as it relates to the Raptors, they got into maybe potentially the sweepstakes of, of getting a Paul George and a Russell Westbrook like a trade was on the line because basically Kawhi wasn't going to do it alone, essentially. Like, I don't know if he wanted to do the whole super team 100% route of the three stars, but it was said, too, and this could have just been a leverage play, that he was seriously considering the Lakers if the Clippers didn't go get Paul George. So I think that his number one scenario was, hey, you know, let me not do this super team. Let us not have these three superstars. But he still knew, okay, I need to grab at least somebody else. I'm not going to go and be by myself somewhere. So 
I see it kind of two sided there. Yeah, I, I think it. You know, it it, it is kind of like that is a great point because I mean the the fact that he was even considering the Lakers kind of show shows that you know. I don't know. I don't know what legacy is anymore. I guess it, it'll be said like ten years from now after all of this is said and done. What's gonna be said about players who who switching teams and who's going pairing up with each other? Will they? Will their championship be diminished? But I mean, I think we see a little bit of that with LeBron. Like you know, people say, okay, he's a three time champion. You know, no one really looks in and thinks about that he paired up with. Bosch and Dwayne Wade, which which Wade was a top five player at the time, and Bosch was definitely a top ten player at the time, to go and win a couple of championships in Miami, and you know nobody really says much about him going back to Cleveland to pair up with uh, with uh, Kyrie. Kyrie and and Kevin Love, which, which Kevin Love was probably a top ten player at the time, and you know Kyrie you know was top ten at the time, so you know I, I think I mean maybe people are less uh, are reluctant to say it, but I think that. It's all about getting the championship, no matter how you get it. You know, I mean, with Kevin Durant though, I don't know what his legacy will say because, I mean, I know he meant a lot to that team or whatever, but you know, which was proven in this past year. But still, like you know, when he joined them, they had won the most games in the NBA, and you know, it just didn't seem like they really too much needed Kevin Durant. You know, because they lost a lot with Kevin Durant too. When they to get him, they had to like let a lot of people go. And you know, make cap space, but you know, I don't know. I mean, what what is there to say about somebody's legacy who who switches teams like that? I think it just depends on you know exactly how many championships they get. You know, I mean, I think it's at the end of the day, like you guys mentioned, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because they're gonna get measured. You know, we created this world of how many championships this team, this player gets. You know, are they gonna be taken serious at the end of the day? You know, we can name all the players that are all-time greats but don't have championships so they're not really mentioned in the greatest of all time you know like the charles barkley yes he was a great player but because he never won a championship it's like okay you know he he can't be measured as one of as the greatest because he never won championships so in a, in a sense i think that the media the, the the fans create this and you know push it to where you know we got to have these players feel like they have to have championships, so they're doing it by any means of teaming up with players, and I'm fine with it, you know what I'm saying? I just think that it shouldn't be measured, you know, oh, they, they teamed up with a player because, you know, again, they need those championships, you know what I'm saying, to be measured as the greatest, so I'm cool with it. Yeah, and I agree with it too as well, man. My, my thing is that it's just being done in a different way now, you know, Basically, teams used to control this. Managers, ownership, GMs, presidents of basketball operations used to facilitate this stuff. But now it's the players that are doing it. I mean, you look at the different dynasties that were built. I mean, you know, Celtics team we talk about with Bill Russell, where they had about eight to twelve teams in the league, but that team was stacked to win championships. You look at you know uh, Will Chamberlain and Jerry West and Elgin Baylor coming together to get a ring together. You know, you look at. These different accounts, you look at the 80s with the with the Lakers, with Magic, Kareem, Worthy. You know, you look at Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, all these teams. And it's been shown for years that that's how you win championships. It's for it to be that collection of talent. And so I think that people, it's rubbing in the wrong way. That players are now taking it in their hands. But what do you want them to do? I mean, if they're able to get more power and to take it in their hands and to put their own legacies in their hands, as opposed to saying, I'm going to rely on ownership and management to do this for me then you know 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you say that, I fully support that. That's so, a great point. Great teams have been great teams throughout the history, no matter what. They're going to always have several All-Stars or several Hall of Famers. You have here and there where you have a team that comes out of nowhere and just wins it, but let's just say it for what it is. You know? What kind of like, when you say that, that's a great point because you look at ownership and, you know, how the scope of the league, you know, in the 90s, there was always those franchises, you know, not to be biased, but, you know, the Lakers, you know, um, Boston, those front offices tended to care, honestly, about nothing but winning, nothing about but putting together the best team that they could. Now, these days, it seems like that we've lost it. Like the NBA ratings have, you know, kind of have, have been down. Now they're up. But I'm just saying, like, in the past, like, when you look at the scope of the league, maybe 10 years were a little down because you got teams like, you know, you look at James Dolan in New York. You know, it doesn't seem like to me that he really is trying to put together a team. You know, he's trying to, you know, it's like he's running a dictatorship. It's like he's just, you know, we're the Knicks. We have the glamour. You know, we have the history. We're in a huge. We we the second. We, we're we're like the second or third. Yeah, worth valued franchises in the league. So, I think that a lot. Of, it is kind of good to see players take it on to there because now, you know, you they they're putting their their feet on these ownerships throat like, and that that's a good transition because you know they say Paul George requested a trade. Now, Sam Presti didn't wait and he didn't prolong it. I don't know if Paul George had one of the best agents of all time or the timing of it was just great for him to for him to get that done. But Sam Preston didn't waste no time. He said, Oh, you want to trade? I'm not going through what, you know, the Pelicans went through. I'm not going through what Spurs went through. I'm not going through what um Indiana went through with a superstar saying that I'm gonna get you out of here and I'm gonna ship you out. What do y'all think about that? You think Sam Preston went about it the right way? I think he did. I think he went, he did it. He, you know, we don't want to have to deal with a whole year this grown players and all that. So he did it the right way. He got, you know, what I'm saying, look at the the hole. I mean, the the the, the load of picks he got. You know, it's now it's time to revamp. You know, what I'm saying it's time to decide on what you're gonna do with Russell Westbrook. Now it's time to move on um, from that team because again, we seen Russell can't do it by himself. You know, what I'm saying that team is another team that's over the cap right now that's paying luxury tax. So. They, they have to make moves, you know what I'm saying? Make moves, go younger, and start from the ground up like they did before when they had Kevin Durant, when they had Serge Ibaka, when they had James Harden, when they had Russell Westbrook. So they have to – they shown that they can make good picks there. So I say they trade their talent, load up on picks, and go young. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way to do that right now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe again – you know, they get get the young the young ball. Leandro, not Leandro, I'm Leandro. sorry, the mellow ball. Maybe he, yeah. he is their star next year. Maybe he's the number one pick for them next year if they trade all their stars. So, but, but we'll just see. To, just to pry a little deeper, Paul George just signed a new deal. Yeah. And it seemed like he had committed to what Oklahoma was doing. Yeah. And he just jumped ship just out of nowhere. Well, 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 this is the thing for me. I think that it was a mutual thing. And I said from this aspect, all right, I think that we're all smart and have good basketball minds. I think that Sam Presti is smart and has a good basketball mind. We've seen OKC for two years. We've seen Russ and Paul George together. Mm -hmm. We've seen them in the last two playoffs win a total of three games in the playoffs with Paul George and Russell Westbrook leading their team. Year one, Melo was a scapegoat. Melo gets out of there. You lose in the first round again. You only win one game this time around. I think that Sam Presti, when he when that faced him, he was just like, okay, we'll go through a rebuild. I'm not going to make this a hassle. 
I see that this really is not going to cap out and be anything great. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we're above the cap. We're above the luxury tax. They probably had, they talked about before trying to maybe shift Steven Adams or guys. So I'm sure they saw that there was really nothing on the market for them to shift their guys, for them to improve their roster. So we're capped out with these two guys and we're going to be losing in the first round every year. Why not reset? So I think when Paul George came to him, it was a situation of, okay, we're going to get the most that we can out of this. But yeah, let's do this. Thumbs up. You just giving me the, the initiative to really go with this rebuild plan. So I think that the smart basketball mind saw it from that side. That's how I view it. Yeah, I mean, I admired it because I'm like, I think that if I was sitting in that seat with a gym, as a GM and I was getting, I wouldn't have let that drag out. I wouldn't have, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. You know, and that's kind of how it has to go. And, it, you know, like you said, it's a mutual thing because I think OKC is going to have to retool and rebuild at this point. And, you know, they even saying about they looking for deals for Westbrook. So, you know, I think that it's that time. If you can get that many first-round picks, that's just as valuable as anything else. I mean, I think that he might have said, let me go ahead and do it right now so a team may give me more than what I would have got if I would have let him play out the season. So I really like the move of Sam Presti going ahead and saying, look, okay, y'all want to go to the Clippers? Okay, look, send me these first-round picks and let me hold your draft capital for the next three, four years, and I'll, I'll be that way. He's proven that he can draft well. So, I mean, he's playing into his own hands because yeah. when you got a team with Westbrook, you got a team with, you know, Durant and James Harden. I mean, he obviously... He drafted three MVPs yeah. in a row. In consecutive drafts, he drafted it. And that's not even mentioning in Serge Ibaka and Steven Adams, who turned out to be great. Yeah, uh, Green was a solid player, exactly. role player that so, was drafted in that time. You know, I mean, I don't think I don't think that Sam Presti is afraid of the draft. So, I mean, I think it's a great move for, for OKC. But, I, I mean, now when you look at it, this is the second time in Westbrook's career. I wasn't going to bring it up, but they had reports last week because I was going to bring that up before this even happened that actually at Durant and Westbrook back when he went in 20, what was that, 2015? 16. 16. He back, back then, he had dinner with Westbrook. It was a couple guys, and Westbrook and Durant had dinner, and it's reported that Durant looked him in his eyes and said, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay in Oklahoma. The next night he flew out to – the next day he flew out to Malibu, met with – Stephen, I guess he changed his mind, yeah. and he said, you know, I'm going. Of course, the rest is history. So now you found, you know, they say that he only texted Westbrook to let him know his decision. So, and now you got Paul George. He committed to uh, OKC by signing a contract, and, you know, Lakers was trying to lure him away. We didn't we didn't succeed, but OKC signed him, and now he, he comes out and saying he requesting a trade. So at, at this point, if you're Westbrook and you've been your trust been invaded this much in your career, how you feeling, man? You gotta feel. I mean, you gotta feel his frustration, man. I, I'd be. Uh, I wouldn't trust anybody for the rest of my career. I mean, it just shows that there's really no loyalty on the side, and players are gonna. You know, I think Russ wanted to be loyal to OKC, but OKC is not a good place that players want to stay and go. So it just shows that, you know, players going to do what they want to do, you know, and like the mayor came out and came, the mayor came out and said for Oklahoma, you know, even players that are signed, they're free agents, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you're never safe, you know, in the NBA, which makes the NBA so fun to me. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't fault Paul George for wanting to go and getting out of it while he can, while he has some prime left and not trying to last it out for no reason to prove a point, you know, so I like that aspect of it, but at the same time, Russ need to do what Russ makes him happy and stop attaching to what other people he needs and somebody else. He needs to get somewhere, get traded somewhere else, and find a place and find his role. Because, again, him being the man, 
the first one to have the ball and to take the most shots does not work, and we've seen it. It does not. His style of play does not work. So he needs to either change and alter his game, and you know, just turn into a player that maybe you know is a hustle player. Um, you know, you know, get his assists, get his rebounds, but you know, maybe not take so many shots. But it's time for Russ to change his game because again, his style is not working in today's NBA. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think from this whole situation, for us to not make it too deep or whatever, but he has to do some soul searching. Like, you got to see that, you know, okay, I was paired with Kevin Durant. All right, that didn't work out. He decided to leave, all right. I was paired with Paul George. He had this recruiting for him to stay. He decides to stay, but after two years, you know, he ends up getting a call from Kawhi, gets a meeting or so with Kawhi, and then he's ready to bolt and get out of here. And so... Obviously, these things aren't working, and so I think you have to look at yourself and say, you know, okay, what can I do? What can I change? How can I maybe alter my game in order for this to succeed? So it's just like, you know, I think he has to do some soul searching, but I do feel that, you know, you know, this may be kind of a, a tough situation for him because, like you said, he's had two situations where guys have just bust out on him, you know, like nothing. Um, now, apparently, like, to the public, it's seeming like he and Paul George are good. Like, Paul George sent out a post to him or whatever, I think on IG or whatever, and, and Russ said something like, love you, Brody, or something like that. So, they're supposed to be um, good, but, you know, it's still a crazy situation. And then, I just felt Paul George, he kind of looked stupid on Twitter the other night, but that's a whole other thing. Like, you telling people, I think Jalen Rose said, don't slander Russ, like, he's not accepting any... Russ Slander and then Paul George reiterated like at all, but you just did the thing that added to Russ being slandered. Like mm -hmm. you proved the point. Like everybody talks about Russ not working with anybody and people not wanting to play with him and heading out. Yeah, you just decided to peace out on Russ. So like you giving people the fuel to slander Russ. And that's what I mean. <laughs> I think it's only a couple, a few more players that's cut from the cloth of the era that I grew up watching. You know, with Kobe and with the, you know. Uh, Tim Duncan, Dirk, you know, is that in those situations, like, man, I got drafted by this team. I'm loyal to this team. We're going to have our bad years. Like, I, Kobe's documenting and seeing in the interview that, you know, I can't enjoy these these great years if I don't expect to go through some bad years. And it just seems like players want to win now, but they don't want to build something organically. Like, you can't even knock the Warriors because they were built, uh, they were built majority organically. But, you know, with – with Dame, you know, Dame and Westbrook, they're cut from a different club. Dame said, I'd rather lose where I'm at right now than to go out and chase championships because that's how I'm built. You can't expect to have success but not to go through bad situations yeah. and bad times. So with all that being said, when you look at that, I do think, I do fault Paul George for leaving because, yeah, Kawhi is a, a top five player in this league and you are pairing yourself with him and you are going to maybe a better situation. But I don't think that the Clips are automatic shoe-in into the championship. Like, I think, honestly, with all biases aside, that our roster, the Lakers roster, is better than the Clippers roster. So, I don't know if that's a move that's going to be, like, automatic. Like, oh, yeah, I moved to the Clippers. Because I feel like, yeah, they will make the playoffs. But right now, I think they will probably be a second-round bounce. You know what I'm saying? And that's just where I'm coming from. So I don't see where, you know, if I don't stick it out, okay, see, how about you and Russ get together? This is where you're going to be. This is where you committed to, to try to see what you can do cap-wise to, to, to get some players to come in to, to y'all. 
Like, that's where yeah. I'm at with it. And, and a piece of me is still in that era of thinking that. But, you know, I guess I'm in, I'm not going to lie and say I don't enjoy free agency and I don't enjoy the summer yeah. and this time of year. And, you know, uh, of course, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite because my team would probably be trash if it wasn't for, <laughs> well, we traded for AD. But, you know, we wouldn't have LeBron if it wasn't for free agency and his willingness to leave. So, I mean, but I still think that, I don't know. I think that I think that he. I mean, you gotta do what's best for you. He wanted to go home and whatnot, but I don't think he just automatically made his situation that much better by leaving OKC. I don't. I don't know, man. I think I. I kind of disagree. I think his situation is a lot better, honestly. Um, I still view the, the Clippers through the lens of I really think that they're the second best team in the West, and me saying you know the Lakers are the best team. I think okay. I mean, not okay. See, I think the Clippers are the second best team out there. Um, I think part of what you were talking about it pairs with what Los was saying earlier. I think that either as fans or as the media and all of that, something has to be settled. You know, we can't talk about guys' legacy and you know down talk and downplay the guys that don't win. Yet say we want guys to stay and stick it out at their places. Mm-hmm. So we got to decide what are we gonna value? Are we gonna value that guy? And let's just say use Damian Lillard for an example. He, I don't think he'll win a title in Portland. I could be wrong, but I don't really see it. So are we gonna value that guy? That's like, okay, I stuck it out in Portland. I didn't win any championships. I have these All NBAs, these All Stars, all this kind of stuff like that. Or are we gonna look at the guy? Let's just say, I'm not saying it's gonna work out, but let's just say it does work out for Paul George, and he gets two or three rings, you know, next to Kawhi Leonard. Are we going to value those rings more? So I think we have to decide and the media has to decide, are you going to continue to scrutinize these guys because they didn't win? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to value guys for staying in a place? Like, I I think it's one of those situations, like, you can't, you know, eat your cake and have it too. Like, you can't be a bold type of deal, in my opinion. Like, we got to decide. The Clippers got a lot of work to do too because, I mean, I'm looking at their roster now. I could be wrong. They might have added some more people. But all they have now is Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and then it just drops off after that. You got Zubac. Lou Williams. Lou Will. Lou Will. Okay. Harold Montrose Harold is a good player. And you got Zubac. I like Zubac a lot. Uh, but, I mean. Harkless is a solid rotation player. He's I know we do. Are we going for Portland? Huh? So you really think that the Clippers roster is better than the Lakers roster? No, I didn't say that they're better. I said that they're the second best roster. In second the best roster? In the second best roster in the West. I think they are. Uh, you look at You got a situation. I don't think they are. That's that's wrong. I don't think they. Right, that's a good segue. That's a good segue. Let's let's talk about the top five teams in the NBA after all of these additions. Okay, okay. NBA. Okay, Los. I'm in the West. Top five in the West. We do West. Top five. Top five in the West. Easy. All right. So you got Lakers one. You got Rockets two. You got Clippers three. And then you got the Jazz four. And then I have to give respect to. The Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, it's tough between the Warriors because they banged up right now, so I can't really say them. So I'm going to say the, the Portland Trailblazers after that. Okay. Uh, I but I have the Rockets still being a better team than... I don't. I don't have a Rockets that high. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll get so, so go again, Lewis. What's your top five again? So I'm going to go with the Lakers one. I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz two. The Clippers three, and then I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I switched that. Then I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I think the Jazz have a better overall 
roster right now with the additions they made than the Clippers. And you didn't say Nuggets? What? I didn't. I left the Nuggets out of there. You ready to go, Robbie? You You can go. All right. I got Lakers number one. I have Clippers number two. I really think the Clippers are solid. Um, I have the Nuggets number three. Then I have the Jazz four. Then I have the Rockets five. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Portland don't make that lineup? Nah, Portland doesn't make it. Portland on the outside looking at it. And they, so they just added somebody big, too. Huh? I feel who they yeah. are. Who the they center? Are? You talking about the center from Miami? Yeah, you don't like Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside is so, it, it's name value at this point, man. Hassan White, that's why Miami was ready to ship him off, man. Hassan Whiteside, the last probably two years, maybe even three, has been terrible. But they got Nuke, Nuke, Nukic, what's his name? Nurkic. 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 got to come back. I mean, yeah, when he get back, Blazers nice, bro. I got all right. This is my top five. I got I got Lakers five. I mean, Lakers one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers one. I got the Jazz two. I got the Rockets three. I got Denver four, and then I have the Blazers five. Clippers don't matter. Clippers in your top five. Oh my, come, bro, come on, there, there's some kind of bias. Clippers don't make it. They really have two top. All right, hit me up. Bro, I can't. Hit me up. I'm not a Clippers man or whatever. But they won 48 games with that nucleus last year. So basically, you take out Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gildas Alexander and replace that with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. All right, I put them on five, bro. They five. Nah, they three. All right, all right. I'm going the Lakers one, the Jazz two, Clippers three, Denver four, and Blazers five. Okay. All right. I feel it. I can see. Yeah, I mean, I, the Clippers are, are gonna be good. I, they are gonna be good. But here's here's the thing, and I got into it on Twitter with a comedian, Sydney, uh, and going back and forth about you know who who's gonna win, who's a better team with the Clippers and the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So I'll say this. Who, when you look at their team, yes, they have Kawhi Leonard, yes, they have Paul George, but when you look at them on the outside, if the Lakers decide to game plan a seven-game series against the Clippers and go inside with DeMarcus Cousins, with Anthony Davis, who on the Clippers roster right now is going to stop them? You know what I'm saying? Don't tell me uh, Harold. Don't tell me Zubak. They can't stop them down low. I've seen Zubak get abused by DeMarcus Cousins before. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And nobody can stop Anthony Davis one-on-one. You know, and then the Lakers, they got shooters on that team. They got LeBron. You know what I'm saying? They got (laughs) LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got players on their team. Like, yes, they have a nice roster and they're going to be competitive. But when it comes down to a seven-game series and game planning, they can't touch us. I don't see like you don't see Westbrook average Westbrook average twenty five points. First of all, bro, let's just break it down. Westbrook versus Kawhi number one. Let's just say that of your running mate, who you taking Westbrook or Kawhi, and it shouldn't even be close. It shouldn't I, even. Be I, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying if if Kawhi is averaging twenty five, what's the difference between what, what you got to look at? Is what's well, between so him averaging twenty five and Westbrook? With the thing with the Clippers as well too is not just even the squad that's just on the floor. Look at the difference between Billy Donovan and Doc Rivers. Billy Donovan is, is a trash NBA coach. Now, he was a good college coach. Don't get me wrong. At Florida, he was that But you say Doc Rivers overrated. 
I said that up until last year, and you remember I said that Doc Rivers earned my respect with this Clippers team that he just led to 48 wins in which Lou Williams was their best player. They won 48 with Lou Williams as their best player. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I guess okay. I don't like Paul George too much, but yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't like. I don't the squad. think. I, I still. I, I don't. I just really don't like. If you saying that, okay, that that he went to. A, okay, he might. I, it's hard to say he didn't go to a better situation, but I guess when I'm thinking it, I'm like, does that automatically make them championship contenders? You think they're championship? They're championship contenders. You think so? You think that they? they are so you think they'll be contenders. in the Western Conference Finals this year? Yes, it will be in all LA Western Conference Finals. I don't think so. <laughs> man, you really sniffing that uh, Clippers. I think, yeah, I think I'm, not, I'm not rooting for them. I hope they lose in the first round. I hope they don't make so, it. So, you think we're going we to be a, it's gonna be a all LA? No, conference? man. I don't think so. Run. Not the this Clippers year. are going to be good. They're going to make the playoffs. But the Clippers will be the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? They just don't. What people don't realize, yes, they have a nice team. They'll do what? They don't have enough, man. They're not counter deep enough when it comes to that bench. Count, you know counter, what I'm saying? Counter-argument about the Clippers just being the Clippers. Don't get me wrong. I want them to just be the Clippers. But what do we say year after year? The Raptors are just the Raptors, right? But what come they, on, that's man. Look at all these they, injuries. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, though. That's when LeBron left the East. That's when they finally... The and rapper. all them doggone injuries. You telling me if Kevin Durant and Clay were going down? No, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying there was a difference in that team with Kawhi Leonard as the helm as opposed to DeMar DeRozan. Oh my! You so compared DeRozan to no, Kawhi? no. But this, this is what I'm saying. This is a Clippers team that won 48 games in the West last year. They won 48 in the West last year with this squad. They added Mark Mo Harkless this offseason, who was a rotation guy, a starter for your Portland Trailblazers that you like so much. So Mo Harkless was a key contributor for that team. You literally take out Danilo Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander and replace that with two top ten players, one of which is a top three talent. Who's and a top ten? Who who's that? Oh, okay. Pardon. And you're telling me that that team is not viewed as a contender in this league? No, I did, I did not say that. No, I did not say he was a contender in the league. Nobody said that. I said they were going to be in the Western Conference Finals. No, you asked me if they were contenders. So I no, said, championship yes, contenders. Yeah. What, no, what's the difference between no championship contender and contender in the league? That's what I'm saying. That's that's what a contender is. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess so. I mean, when I, but when I say a contender no. in the league, I do, think, I do think that they're one of the elite teams in the league. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that they're not going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And I don't think they're going to win the championship. They're not going to be in the Western Cup final. They can't win the championship. So that means that right. they're not a championship contender. Right. So here, here's what I have to say to that, Ramon. So to what your points that you were making about Man, the Raptors. You turn to a Clippers <laughs> No, here's the things that I have to say about your, your points that you were making about the Raptors making it through. So, yes, the Raptors and DeMar Rose, and they did that swap. But you got to also look at the roster. You got to look at what happened and everything that fell in line for the Raptors. Um, winning it all, you know what I'm saying? You got to look at a banged-up Warriors team. We can, we, we all agreed on that. We got to look at them adding a team, a player like Marcus Gasol to their team, a solid, you know, a defensive player of the year, former defensive player of the year. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at LeBron leaving the East Coast. So everything lined up for the Raptors to win it all. So before mm-hmm. that, you know, I can't really say that, you know, the Raptors didn't have a chance and all that stuff. So, yes, they did well. Then you look at the Clippers. The Clippers have a good team. You know what I'm saying? You can name their top two players, and then you the other players are decent. You know what I'm saying? 
Patrick Beverly, he's a pest, this, that, and the other. Got it. Lou Williams, he's a six-man. Got it. But after that, I really think you look at Kawhi Leonard, who's going to need his low management throughout the year. You know what I'm saying? You look at Paul George, who's been banged up before last year, coming off surgery. You know what I'm saying? I just think that this is a team that's going to do well. Don't get me wrong. But they're not, like everybody is going crazy, they're the favorite right now in every sports bit to win it all. They're not that. They're not going to win it all. They're not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I just, I, I feel that in my heart. Just how I felt like Philly wasn't going to get past the second round. Right now, I feel like they're not going to even get to the Western Conference Finals right now. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think y'all are kind of misplacing what I'm saying, too. Of course, I mean, the Lakers, in my opinion, are the best team. And so I'm not saying that the Clippers are going to win the championship. But I still think that it still hasn't been any counter totally to what I'm saying about a team that won 48 games, that challenged Golden State better than basically anybody else in the West, a healthy Golden State. They challenged a healthy Golden State better than Portland challenged uh, Golden's, uh, Kevin Durantless Golden State. And like I said, they just added two top tier players. So I see what you're saying. I mean, we we got six games, forty eight wins. I see. I see. What you, let, let, we go. We go. We gonna go around and circle down. But I do see what you're saying. I see both points. But they're not gonna be in the conference championship this year. So let's kind of move on a little bit uh, to what we got to say. Uh, Boogie to the Lakers. I think we kind of touched on it a little yeah. bit. You know, just with what Los was saying. Saying we went through the Lakers roster. I do think that we I think what I do want to say is that I want to say be the first to say if nobody else has said it that the Lakers have a big three. A legitimate big three. Just like anybody else because I think Boogie people are forgetting how great Boogie was before he's coming off of an Achilles tear. He came back a little earlier with Golden State after he um, like what he did strain his hamstring. He came a little oh, tore his quad. Tore, oh yeah, he, he did tear his quad. And he came early. Yeah. He came back early. So I think that once he has time to get himself together, I think he can be a legitimate big three person, a part of the core of the big three. The yeah. grip. I mean, I just have to see him health-wise. If he's healthy, uh, then that could be the case. But I still think that, uh, that there is still somewhat something to be seen there. But I still think it was a great sign about the Lakers. And like I said, I said it before, I put it on Twitter, I think the Lakers have the best roster out there. And I'm... To me, I look at it. I look at it biased, and I look at it unbiased as well. And I think that even unbiased, the Lakers are the best roster. So, well, the thing I like about it is that we finally have some some defense, man. We got some defensive minded people, shooters, and we got shooters. Yep. You know? And I like I really like the Quinn Cook signing. Uh, I like uh, I really like uh, you don't like KCP, but I think that KCP can be a good spot of shooter, man. Like he not that's, what he was. That's what he has to be, KCP. Has one of I hate to say it about him, but to me he has one of the lowest basketball IQs out there. Yeah, he do some dumb stuff, no yeah. doubt. But but with Anthony Davis and Boogie being down there, man, they I mean, they, I mean, think about what Boogie and AD was able to accomplish when they were together in New Orleans before they got hurt. Like people was literally legitimately saying they could get a legit third, fourth seed at the time before uh, who got hurt first, Boogie. Yeah. Yeah, and then AD, you know, had his issues. But if they stay healthy, we got probably like one of the toughest front courts in yeah, the league. We just we we have to. I still say like we have to see Boogie and see what kind of condition he is uh, before jumping the gun on it. But I think that 
no matter even if he's seventy percent of what he was, you know, prior to the injury, I mean, you still run it out there with AD and LeBron. That's two top five players. Like we can't undervalue what those two guys are gonna be. Yeah. And the thing is, the the reason why too they have a leg up on the Clippers is that I don't know if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like, it's going to take some time for that fit to work. I think that it will work, but AD and LeBron fit seamlessly together. Like, it's just a natural fit. Mm-hmm. So, those two top five, you had Boogie to that, but then the thing about it, people are sleeping on Kuz. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, people are acting like Kuz did not get invited to the Team USA training camp thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't just invite regular players or someone that's average or someone that they don't envision that could potentially make the team at some point. They don't just throw that around and say, hey, scrubs, come out to this camp invite. So, like, mm-hmm. people can see Kuz is the real deal, and they're going to find out more and more this year. So. Yeah, and the thing about Kuz, too, is that, I mean, he averaged, what, 18, close to 20 points? 18, it was it 19? 18, 27. Like yeah, so you don't, you don't average that by luck in the NBA. You know, and coming off a rookie year, he averaged 17 points. So, I mean... This is supposed to be his year, you know. So, you know, you look at uh, when Russ first came in the league, he kind of league was averaging 15, and then he averaged 16, and now he's averaging, what, 20? He averaged 21 this year. So, I mean, it. you know, when you got a player, a young player that's showing that they can score in the league close to 20 points, you got a score, a legitimate score. And I think it's going to be have to be some segments where he's going to have to take over some segments in the league. So, you know, I, I think that the boogie signing was great, but I like how the Lakers has filled out the roster. I think that the Clippers, they, they probably have a little more work to do as well as us, so I, I'm just hoping that somebody like Kyle Corbin will go over there or something. Uh, Iggy go over to the Clippers. But, but yeah, that's all. Yeah. Anything else? You, yeah. anything? I think just a, just a quick, like, round robin or whatever type of situation. Uh, who, who are your free agency winners? I mean, because I think at this point, we know all the major stuff, so you can pretty much decide your winners and losers. So, who are your free agency winners? I think you got to say the Clippers. They was able to, you know, legitimately take another level up in NBA eliteness by getting a top five player in the NBA and then getting a, you know, top seven player in a, a top seven talent, but even more important, getting two of the top ten. Top, yeah, about like seven because, like, top ten could be, like, I could see saying he's nine or eight. I mean, I think, I think that's where he is. <laughs> you think he's not? You don't think he's like a seven best player in the league? But let's not do this. Yeah, 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 let's continue. Yeah. Uh, but so, when you get two of the best two way players in the NBA, I think you won in NBA free agent. Then the way he did it, you know, by through trade, you know, and that's that. You know, I want to talk about Jerry West too. But go ahead. So I'm gonna say this: the I say the Utah Jazz, and a lot of people really don't. They, a lot of their moves kind of went under the radar, you know. You know, uh, with Michael Conley going to that team, you know, that kind of happened early in the process, so a lot of people kind of forgot about that. But Michael Conley being added to Donovan Mitchell is alone right there is a great move. And then so not only did you, do you do that, but you go and snag a boy from the Pacers by, by, by Donovan. Yeah. yeah, so you add him to that team, a flat-out player. He can shoot. He can defend. He's an underrated defender. And, you know, you add that to that, that team already that has uh, Rudy Gobert in the middle, you have a solid team with Michael Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert. Like, you have a good team, you know. So that's why I think they are a sneaky team to yeah, be somewhere, be something like um, 
like a, a Toronto this year, team kind of come out of nowhere that can compete for a championship? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll say for me, uh, a team that hasn't been mentioned yet, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, oh, yeah. he went and grabbed KD, who's when healthy now. Of course, we're going to have to see him post Achilles, but when healthy, I had him as the best player in the world. Uh, so you grab the best player, in my opinion, um, and then also go and snag another top 10 talent um, and Kyrie Irving, and then you go and grab who isn't as good as his name value anymore, but you grab DeAndre Jordan, who you know is, is still a solid player. Um, so I would say that and you do all that while, you know, being what is supposed to be viewed as the second class organization out there, you know, to the Knicks. But we know that the Knicks are a mess, but I'm just saying. So you snatch those guys, you get them. So I, I view really the Nets as winners of free agency. Okay. Yeah. What about just quick losers? Just Knicks. Quick I think collectively we could say the Knicks. Okay, Knicks, yeah. Because they, I mean, <laughs> they struck out on Kevin Durant and Kyrie, I mean, and you would think that they kind of where we was, uh, you know, four, four or five years ago when, when as fans, you know, which we hate to admit, but it was just like, oh, we're the Lakers. They don't want to come over here. You know, they they definitely don't want to come over here. We, we're L.A. Yeah. We got 17 championships. Players don't care about that anymore. You know, they, they want to go to a place where the front office is organized, where it seems like the front office knows what they're doing and putting pieces in place to, to succeed. So, I mean, I think that the Knicks, you know, they, they kind of were weird. But I don't see no – I don't. if James Dolan keep running that team, I don't see – I don't see them climbing out of this hole no time soon. And, uh, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up for me too, Knicks or a loser. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so with free agency, I mean, we can talk about two things real quick as we wrap up here. Jerry West, the greatest of all time, exec, front office executive, hands down. Yeah, uh, with what he did with the Lakers, what he's now doing with the Clips, what he did with Golden State. What he did with Memphis. What he did with Memphis. <laughs> Sheesh. I forgot about Memphis. Yeah, yeah I mean, what do you think is, the, when you study him, what do you evaluate? What do you think is the main, like, what do you think the core principle that makes him successful wherever he goes? I mean, alone by itself, he's the logo. Just that alone. Think yeah. about that. Like, He's the logo of the NBA, so that by itself carries weight. But I think he's just a guy that just loves basketball, that breathes basketball, and that people can just feel that and sense that that he loves being around basketball. And so you get him in a room with anybody, you know what I'm saying, I think he'll be able to sell, you know, bacon to a pig, you know what I'm saying. So I think he's just that good. And, I, I mean, I like, I like him, you know, and I think Jerry is a legend, you know, and obviously – now, I don't think he is. Jerry is a legend, you know, so I just think it, it's just one of those guys that we should have found a way to get back on the Lakers. Yeah, uh, just like you said, man, man's the GOAT. He's a brilliant basketball mind, and he's also persuasive. So when you put a brilliant basketball mind who can see, um, who has an eye for talent, who has an eye for building mm-hmm. championship teams, and you have a guy who's persuasive, who can talk someone into wanting to come and join a place or something like that, mm-hmm. then that's just a recipe for him to just continue to be a, be able to build up organizations. And so, uh, like Lowe said, I mean, I really wish that he, you know, would have been a Laker. He, he did want to come back to the Lakers in mm-hmm. 2017, and, you know, we're not going to harp on that too much of the reason why he didn't come. I, t- um, I tell y'all what, y'all change any type of to a Laker <laughs> time before. I tell you, bro. Yeah, but... <laughs> but but, yeah, but getting it back to it, I mean, the man, he's the GOAT. I mean, he did stuff for the Lakers, even taking it all the way back to the the 80s of helping with Showtime. You see him later on come get 
Shaq over there, do the whole Kobe trade stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the stuff with Memphis, Golden State, so he's the GOAT. Yeah, I think y'all pretty much touched on it all. I think one of the things that stand out to me the most with him is just his ability to have a vision, you know. And, you know, he can look at players and just, you know, like Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant straight out of high school, and he just had the vision to say, man, you know, go ahead and take a – God, I can't think of it. Yeah, go ahead and take Vladi Divac. You know, I'm actually a good center at that time. Yeah, That's what good people, center. Yeah, yeah great was, center. People yeah. talk about Vladi. Exactly. Vlade, exactly. That time was really good. He was giving Shaq fits. Him and Shaq used to battle <laughs> in Sacramento yeah. and the Lakers used to be in the playoffs. But – you know, just like I said, to have that vision to be like, I'm going to take, I want this kid out of high school. And then when you look back at the type of what he said about Kobe, as he said his work ethic, yeah. you know, he, you know, I just saw that it could, he could potentially be great. And look how that turned out. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you he know. He stopped the whole Clay Thompson deal. You they was about to trade away Clay Thompson for Kevin, Thompson, Love, for Kevin Love. And he said no. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, you know, I mean, the purpose of the pudding, man. It's, at, this, the, <laughs> at this at this age, he's just like a, a fairy god, NBA yeah. fairy god. Yeah. Let me see if I can fix this franchise. Let right. me see if I can fix this one. Let me, you, you know who needs to be making a call? The Knicks. James Dolan. <laughs> he want to go get Phil Jackson. He need yeah. to, but yeah, that, that you know that, but that isn't it's needless to say that. And I'm interested to see how the Clippers fall out. You know, just like we must say, the Clippers are uh, in the NBA eliteness. And as he says, <laughs> that's our money. He said that they're championship contenders, but we'll see. So one real quick, one funny thing I wanted to bring up was a tweet that I saw. I think y'all know what I'm about to, where I'm going with this one. And it kind of brings up an interesting conversation. NBA superstars really run the league. You request a trade at NFL, and you are going, well, I'll bleep that out. You going to Buffalo. <laughs> so, we've seen trade. We've seen our stars. Going to Buffalo. <laughs> we, but that's so true. Like, I mean, I know it's, 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 we're going to have fun with it first, but it, we've seen that plenty of times with superstars. The only, the only way we've seen it work out is AB. That's the first play I ever saw that push for a trade and ended up in a successful situation. So, I mean, well, I mean, I guess you say Eli Manning, but, yeah, you know, it, it ain't, yeah. it, it's more situations where you will get shipped out. Like, look at Shady. Shady actually, not figure two, ended up in Buffalo when he pushed <laughs> for a, a trade. You know, and there's, there's a lot of other, you know, situations yeah. where, you know, what do you think that goes into? I have an idea. But I think that, you know, I think it points to, like, the NFL is just more of an owner's league. Yeah. And I think that, you know, even with the cap space, you know, NFL players don't get as much guaranteed money as NBA players or any any, any major sport as I've yeah. seen. So, I mean, it, it kind of points to that, but it also points to, I think that's what makes the NBA, that's why the NBA is ascending as becoming a fan favorite because, of, of, of free agency. Free agency is yeah. like a season within itself. Now you got summer league on yeah. TV. Now the season's about to start in a couple yeah. months, you know? I think you have to think about now, of course, we know the impact that like the quarterback position can have and all that, but you have to look at the significance of one player and what it, one player to me in the NBA and on that team means more than one singular player on an NFL team can mean. And so with that comes more power for an NBA player because you have a guy like LeBron James or you have a guy like a Kevin Durant that you could take this guy, put them even maybe in a, what is so-called a bad situation and what are they instantly, a playoff contender, may have a chance for a championship. That These star players, they affect the game on both ends. Even the quarterback, he's only out there offensively, so he's not doing anything defensively. And so I think that 
that all plays into the fact of why players have so much more power within the NBA at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have situations where they're dictating more things because, honestly, they, I guess, value for value, one player for one player mean more to me in the NBA than they mean in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point. What you think about it, Los? I mean, I agree. I 100% agree with what Ramon said. I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that, but I think I agree with them. You will? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it has to change, though, with the NFL. They're going to have to get these guys more. Man. I just don't know how it is, man. How, I don't know how it is. How would it happen? I don't know. See, the NBA, too, that, that TV money came in that helped to spike the cap. They have 15 players you got to pay as opposed to a 53-man roster. Yeah, that's true. Like, and so now you're really seeing at NFL players, you can see that they're jealous of NBA players at this point. For sure. Like, they keep making comments and tweets and all this For kind of sure. stuff. For like sure. And, and, you know, they have a, light, a shorter lifespan. Yeah. The average lifespan. In the NFL is like what five years. Yeah. So I mean, it you know it, it in that from that sense it is you know I, I could see why that that's an issue. And then you know the NBA they play both sides of the floor. And yeah. they only play one position. Right. So, but you know it, it's funny. It's funny. But I think that these NFL owners they do be shipping players to where they know yeah. they don't want to come. It's, it's just gonna be whatever whatever yeah. fine for you. Whatever. And the NBA is just it's much better. Even even when you look at the. First Paul George trade, I mean, I would have liked to get traded to OKC to play Westbrook. Right. You know, but there's it. There's another episode in the books, man. If y'all have anything else, I don't, I don't I think that pretty much sums it up and wraps it up, man. Yeah, Lakers are back, man. Lakers are back. We back, bro. I don't care what anybody say out there. I don't care all the jokes y'all were letting fly. Oh, you ain't gonna hit none. They been quiet as a mouse, bro. Yeah, y'all, y'all can hate all y'all want, bro. Lakers are back. Lakers are the best team in the league. And you show the Clippers, huh? You know what I said. Come on, bro. And when it comes back to June, just know that I have the receipts. Just know. Oh yeah, I see you've been you've been you've been getting a little uh you know, getting get going off on Twitter. But before before the podcast and I know we about to wrap up, I wanna publicly apologize oh. to my two bros. <laughs> oh I wanna publicly apologize to y'all for y'all ever thinking that I had any type of whatever with the Pelicans because I am completely off that now. They pel- their fans. I told you, bro. I told you that, bro. Completely over the Pelicans. Anything that I was saying about rooting for the Pelicans or I want to see them do well, I'm completely off that now. I don't care anymore. Their fans. I'm gonna say it, and I know some of them may be listening, and we still cool, whatever. But y'all annoyed me straight up. I told y'all annoyed you. me. I'm done with y'all team. I've so I hope done. y'all trash. Look, man, I told Brad. I'm in a group message with, with Pelicans fans, bro, and they are they are horrible, bro. They they are like they 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 they've been going at it. We've been irrelevant record wise for like six years, and they still be going. Yeah, Lakers. This I know we're trash. I know we're trash. Like, but now they got a little. They basically got our team, our old team. Who they said was trash. Now they got them, and now they the best thing in the league. I, I heard for years that, that AD was top three, if not the best player in the league. Yeah. And now all of a sudden. AD is just top soft, he's, and he's, he's broken out. He never plays. And my thing, too, they say, leader, they say you know? he going to be hurt and, or whatever. <laughs> I say, bro, he didn't play 70-plus 70, 70 games the past two seasons yeah. before this season, right. and that was because of the trade room. So, you know. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I just yeah. have to publicly come back and apologize to my bros on the podcast 
for whatever foolishness I was tweeting. I, I, I accept your apology, man. I, I knew you'd come back around, bro. They say y'all got to check on your strong friend, man. I knew you'd come back around. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Until next time, I know something big is going to drop by the time this podcast drops. Make sure you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to us. Opinionated Benchwarmers on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. We appreciate all the support. And we are going to keep pumping out that content. And we got fantasy football coming up. So, stay tuned for our fantasy football episode. And as until later, peace. All right, peace.